Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of The Soccer Scene here, where we're joined by Jason O'Connor and Noel O'Connor. Uh, we obviously are on the day of the league launch for the Electricity League. Uh, excitement is, is truly building. And between the start of the season, now and the start of the season, we will have plenty to discuss, including another show next week. But on to tonight's show, where I suppose, Jason, we'll have to start with the friendly that Treaty United have against Killarney Celtic which is Friday night. It'll be their fourth friendly. I know the Munster Senior Cup game was a competitive game. This will be their third official friendly. Tommy Barrett did mention that he found it hard to get a, a team. He's found Killarney Celtic. be quite a competitive game. Quite important, obviously, to get this game as well, Jason, considering there are plenty of players in that 3 squad who, who need more game time before the start of the season. Yeah, I think they all need more games, Adrian. You know, and Look, any player will tell you sessions are great and, and things like that, but it's games that, that players want and against good opposition and, and I suppose in good grounds. They've obviously had had games against Finn Harps and, and Shamrock Rovers before the Waterford game. Both of them were away, so I didn't see them games. But as we touched on last week, I was very impressed with the performance against Waterford United. And if you're talking about fitness, look, it was on the AstroTurf in, in UL. So it was a faster game than, than the players would experience on grass in these conditions at the moment. And they certainly looked in, in good nick to me. Do you know what Tommy mentioned in, in his interview with you that they'd put a plan in place for the players, you know, over the Christmas period and, and just after it. And it looked to me, Adrian, you know, going through the lineup, a couple of players in particular, um, Sean Gearns looked fit, uh, Dean George, who spent a lot of time injured last season, looks fit and sharp and Got a goal, obviously, against Waterford and, and an assist. Uh, Connor Melody, another one. Noel mentioned him a lot last year. And to be fair, Tim, he picked him out, you know, and, and looking at him against Waterford, I can see why. Now, at the time, being honest, I couldn't really. But Noel was right. He looks a player now that he's fit. He'll be someone that I think can add a lot to the squad this year. Obviously, they named the Curran and Joe Garman and these people coming in, they need games more so, I think, Adrian, you know, but it is a good friendly, there's no doubt about that. Um, it'll need to be competitive from Treaty's point of view because, obviously, the league opener is, isn't is too far away. Yeah, certainly. And, Noel, I know you had plenty of experience being a manager in pre-season campaigns and, obviously, a assistant manager as well at Cork City. Coming into the last pre-season game, all the time before the season, what were the, the big things you'd want to see from, from your team? Yeah, I think from the point of view, and let's be honest about it here, ideally maybe another game before this one, but that's how uh, it broke. But certainly a game, a winnable game, or a game maybe that, you know, that should give you a good performance. I think, like, it's a bit touching back to when Treaty made the playoffs last year and we were saying, you know, what did they need out of those couple of games before they played UCD? And you said, you know, to get people game time, you know, to keep people confident, to get, a, you know, a few goals and a clean sheet. I'm sure they'd be looking for a clean sheet and probably a couple of goals. It'll set them up well. And uh, it's probably a, an ideal fixture for that. Um, look, there's always some strong, some strong junior clubs around here. And if they were available, it mightn't be the ideal game to have because, you know, you would have that little bit of needle there. And it may well become too. It may well become too competitive. So I, I think it was a good idea to take a match like that against Killarney or someone like Newmarket Celtic. Uh, so I'm, I mean, I do think they've got it right there. 
Um, there's obviously guys a bit shy on game time. There's no doubt about that. It's difficult to get that right as well. And, uh, you know, I think we, we touched on that last year as well. And uh, fingers crossed going into the first game and they got the nil all against Bray. And then, you know, all the, the lack of pre-season or, or game time is all kind of forgotten. So it won't really be a, a talking point, you know, if they do go to Wexford and get a, a victory or at least a draw. But we'll have to wait and see about that. Yeah, that's certainly the case. And just to stick with yourself, Noel, just for a second, Jason did mention there quite rightly that a lot of the treaty players, particularly the ones who started the game against Waterford, looked very sharp and fit. I suppose that's quite heartening for Tommy Barrett as well. That you know, a lot of players have said that there is, you know, a quite a professional squad there in terms of their attitude. But you know, you have to prove it. Like, and a lot of players did come back looking quite fit and sharp in in this preseason campaign. Yeah, I think so. And look, I mean, they've also gone gone through their first season you know they played uh, 30 odd games whatever last year which is obviously something that they hadn't done the year before a lot of them and um, that that would have brought them down uh, I would have brought them on as well I think another guy that deserves a mention is Callum McNamara by all accounts he was really tearing it up in uh, in all the training sessions you know particularly the physical part which was heartening as well I think there's an opening for him this year in this team um, he's a guy I thought that we probably should have seen a bit more of last year. And the way the the squad is this year, I think last year there was probably more Callum McNamara types in the squad. And I think this year there's kind of less of them. Um, he's he's a year done there now and he's played maybe 15 or 20 games. And I'm sure that he's jumping at the bit maybe to to even up his appearances this year um, if he stays fit. And that's another great thing about having a fit squad as well is that you're less likely to pick up, you know, these niggly injuries that put people back for a week or two or three weeks, kind of calf strains and thigh strains and all this. They're generally down to a lack of fitness. So if if they are that bit fitter, well, then we should see um, a reduction of that, which is obviously good for the season overall. I do get the impression that won't be the last time we talk about Callum McNamara due to the, the content of the show. Uh, but Jason, Noel mentioned there that maybe... One thing that he might have changed about Treaty's campaign, which I think the management team probably would have as well, is the gap maybe between the Waterford game and the Killarney game. You probably ideally would have liked to have one extra game in in the meantime in there. Would that be your take on it? Ah, you would, Adrian. Look, as I said a moment ago, games are, are what players want, they're what managers want, and especially with a lot of new players coming into the fall this year. And you still have injuries, you know. We didn't see Mark Walsh, obviously, against Waterford. We didn't see Jack Lynch. Both of them played big parts for, for Treaty last year. So I'm sure they're part of, of Tommy's plans. He had Stephen Christopher at right back. And while he done really, really well, it wasn't a full-strength Waterford team. And he will be tested going forward, obviously, if he's left in that position. So Charlie Fleming was in that position for, for most of the season last year. He was injured as well. Against Waterford, we didn't see him. So they're kind of players, I suppose, that Tommy will be looking to get back um, to fitness. And another game certainly would have would have helped. I take Noel's point. Ideally, look, if you could have played a pike or, or a Fairview, not at this stage in pre-season, but maybe go back a few weeks. We saw Shamrock Rovers come to the fair green and, and play Fairview. You know, it would have been a great fixture for Treaty, wouldn't it, to, to play Fairview? And I agree with Noel, there probably would have been a bit of spice to it. So, as I said, that would have had to have been early in the pre-season campaign. Mm. But look, at this stage, Adrian, they're happy to get the Killarney game, I'm sure. Will it be competitive? 
yeah, hopefully, will it, will it have an edge to it? Probably not. And at this stage, he can do without an edge, but he'll need tempo and he'll need fellas to be tested, Adrian, because with the signings Wexford have made, I believe they'll certainly be tested on the first night of the season. Yeah, and I know we discussed, Noel, the fact that obviously we need game time. Player, a lot of players in three squad need more game time. But on the flip side of that, I say it goes without saying that he will almost certainly be wanting to start a squad that's as, or sorry, a team, a starting eleven that's as close to the starting eleven he's going to play a week later. Yeah, I think so. And that's, listen, what you'd want to do. I suppose it won't be a million miles away from the team that played against Waterford United either, obviously, on, on a good performance like that and, and, and a clean sheet and scoring from a couple of set plays. Um, you know, it's going to give the manager a bit of confidence in, in, in terms of what way he wants to go. And you like to pick guys in form. Like, you know, he was starting last year from scratch, you know, had no real kind of um, dossier, if you like, on on the team and the player performances and all that. And certainly that's a bulkier book this year. And uh, I think the Watford game, look, if you're looking at him, Jason mentioned that it was a competitive game and they're, they're definitely a bit better than... The friendlies, which can be a bit misleading, because you don't really know how the how the other team, you know, what they're at, if you like, or what they're looking for out of it, or how you know how how soon since they trained previous to it. But um, I would think that the the team next week, and obviously we'll be talking about that again, will be not a million miles away from the team that started against Waterford, and I'm sure you'd want to start your your team as close as you could and at least play them for an hour against Killarney. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, how that goes on Friday night. Yeah, hopefully it goes well uh, for Treaty and, and probably most importantly that there are no more injuries picked up uh, in advance of the league season. Jason, we're on to an interesting point now, I suppose, in that we're talking about players with Treaty this season who have a point to prove, maybe new players or players that were already at the club last season. We did discuss that maybe at the start of last season, but you know it was almost a blank slate. Now we have a, you know, research done on, on these players I suppose and, and seeing them in action last year I suppose for different reasons you'd have maybe the likes of Dean George and Connor Melody would have a point to prove that's because of injuries you know enforcement and then on the other side of that maybe players like Joel Custrain who I know we were critical of on certain occasions last season people would say wrongfully or rightfully but he also will feel like he has a point to prove at this level as well so you know who would you think has a point to prove in the treaty squad you mentioned Joel Castrain, Adrian, and look, we can't be too harsh on people, don't get me wrong, and we never aim to be, but we have to be honest and we have to give a, an impartial assessment, you know, really on the players and, and on the games, because that's what people want, I'm sure. And if you look at players in certain positions, including Joel, including Stephen Christopher, okay, we mentioned him, he did well last couple of weeks ago, sorry, against Waterford, at right back. You look at the individual attributes of players and you know, look at what's expected in those positions. So if you look at someone like Joel, and you can't say I was a little bit critical last year, but you've got to talk about assists and goals, Adrian, you know, from wide areas. He played in the 10 as well, as did Stephen Christopher. And for me, they didn't deliver enough. Both of them have ability, that's undoubted, but they got to produce it. And this year, they've got to be more consistent. And then, obviously, the stats, and I'm not, look, People can talk about stats and how beneficial they are. If we're talking about possession stats, I don't buy into that because goals win games. But as I said, if you're looking at individual performers, you're looking at people in attacking positions in wide areas 
and centrally in that attacking midfield area, you have to look at what they're delivering, as I said, in assists and goals. And, and there certainly wasn't enough from both of them players last year. Kieran Hanlon obviously isn't fit at the moment. He's another one. And while he was kind of a flagship player, I suppose, and we were all clinging for one of them last year, Adrian, weren't we? We were all hoping for that Limerick-based kind of player, you know, and, and Kieran fits that bill, as did Ed McCarthy. And that's why I was saying last week that I was disappointed Ed was gone. But if we look at Kieran Hanlon, again, in isolation, what did he deliver? Central striker, your number nine, six goals, three of them from open play. I'll be looking for more from Kieran this year. There's no doubt about that. You know, and, and now that in the current has come in, Kieran is going to have a battle on his hands, I suppose, to, to wrestle that number nine jersey off in the current because it looks like he's going to start the season due to, to Kieran's fitness, I suppose. So that'll be interesting. That'll be something to watch. And obviously, Jack Brady hasn't played a lot of games. Um, he was an understudy to Brendan Clark, and while he would have learned a lot, I'm sure, in that role, he hasn't a lot of games under his belt. So he'll have a point to prove as well, Adrian. So I suppose... They're the ones for me that I'll be looking closely at in the hope that they can deliver. Yeah, certainly. And, and Kieran Hanley, excuse me, definitely will have a battle on his hands for, for that jersey. Probably different circumstances as well, considering last year he was the only number nine we could see uh, at the time to start the season. And he was starting, you know, with fitness. But no, on top of those players I mentioned, I suppose you could obviously pinpoint the likes of the two goalkeepers signed as well. Uh, for for Treaty United, like Jack Brady, Connor Wynn. Connor Wynn hasn't played in the league in a while. Jack Brady probably has, I think he's only played 10 games in two years uh, since he's been at Shelburne. So that there are another two maybe examples on, on my part that will, will look to be proven something. But who do you think has, has the most proven this Treaty squad this season? Yeah, and look, just I have to follow on from Jason and the outstanding one for me is definitely Joel Costrain. I think some we didn't mention is like, and obviously there's a few players gone, but the departures of Sean McSweeney, I think the player closest to him, if you like, in that group in terms of talent and the fact that he's a local guy, you know, and even would ex exceed the experience that Sean McSweeney had, um, you know, when he started last season. The guy who played for Sean McGroves a few years ago, I saw him playing in a European tie. And uh, look, I think last year there was a kind of an excuse, if you like, about, you know, the lack of preseason and the lack of time to gel and 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 get together and like I think it's important I, I think that he really should be the mainstay of that kind of creator whether he is in the wide areas or number 10 um, and again it's back to the kind of if you like the ethos of treaty like that you know that we were told that it was an opportunity for local players to represent the area you know at, at the highest level in the league which is fine but there's certainly a bit thinner on the ground I think this year um, the local players I mean Ed McCarthy obviously was a kind of flagship player we would have said that, Kieran Hanlon, Joel Constrain, Sean McSweeney, Jack Lynch, and uh, there's a couple of them gone now. And uh, I'm sure the the Galloway lads, if you like, have, have a point to prove. But, you know, I think from a local point of view, we certainly want to see, you know, the local players do well and, and bed in and just show the pathway for a lot of other younger players that are in the region to say, look, you know, you've been play with your clubs and come through and 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 represent uh, your local area in the electricity league. Yeah, I know they mentioned Galway players as well. I saw a few social media jibes uh, recently after the, 
the extra signings of another few former Galway players, Colin Treaty, Tribe Athletic. I think there's eight former Galway players in the squad now, but I know the argument is that a lot of those players could actually still be playing for Galway, I suppose, if they weren't a full-time outfit as well. Um, Jason, to move on now to a more singular, I suppose it's not an honour, but, you know, we'll say a player for Treaty who you think is one to watch for the season. Doesn't necessarily, I suppose, have to be someone that comes under the radar. There probably are very few of those in the Treaty squad anyway. So who would be your pick? Lee Devitt is the one for me, Adrian, that, that I'm really looking forward to, to seeing. As I said last week, I've seen Lee a lot in his development from, from a 12-year-old, really, through the, the FEI Emerging Talent Programme. He's had a couple of seasons now, obviously, with Cove, a season with Limerick FC previous to that. Not a full season with Limerick, but a breakthrough season. He's always someone that impressed me, and, and we touched on it last week. He's very versatile. He's going to be a great addition to the squad because of that versatility. So he can cover probably three positions off the top of my head, and, and Tommy will probably find another couple of positions for him as well, I'm sure, before the season is out. But he's one in particular, Adrian, that, that I'm looking forward to. And, and hopefully seeing him push on and, and get a regular berth in the side and, and really develop even further because he's a very young player, you know, and, and hopefully he has a bright future in the game. Joe Gorman is another one, obviously, that we're all looking forward to seeing, you know. He comes with, with an interesting background, I suppose, you know, and, and his choice of short number is, has made him a favourite, I suppose, with the fans already. Um. And he really interests me. He really does. He looks like a proper defender. He looks like a leader. And he could kind of epitomise that, that, I suppose, approach that I'm hoping Treaty will take, you know, this siege mentality that I think they need to get in the dressing room. And I had a bit of that last year. And he could be a real leader for them. So I'm looking forward to seeing Joe as well. So they'd be the two for me, Adrian. Yeah, I certainly agree with John Lee Devitt. And I suppose that battle, the signing of Joe Garman, which means he probably cements him next to Sean Gearns, you'd imagine, in Tommy's preferred position, also frees up Mark Walsh to battle both Lee Devitt and Callum McNamara from midfield as well, which will be something to, to watch uh, going into the season. And Noel, your own selections maybe for uh, one player, I suppose, in particular to watch, or maybe a short list of two or three? Yeah, well, you already know the answer because you kind of tipped it a while ago, and I would like to... I, I do think it'll be a big year for McNamara. I think the way the squad has come together and Jason is talking about the, the defence there, particularly, you know, the central defence looks rock solid. You know, you've, you, you've two good centre halves and one hopefully back soon, a guy who can play in the middle of the park as well. And if, if you looked at, you know, having a pick of Jack Lynch and Lee Devitt and Callum McNamara, you know, for place around the middle, I think there's, there's a lot more of... Um, there's a lot more of an attacking threat in the group as well. You know, we've already mentioned uh, Connor Melody, Dean George, and the current Kieran Hanlon, you know, and, you know, a bit of quality out wide. Either Joel uh, Costrain out there, Willie Armshaw, Stephen Christopher. So I think it's a better balanced squad this year. And I think, the, you know, if if we can be nice and solid in the middle, I think we're going to have to have guys in there who, who can run and tackle and, just play it simple, just get the ball into those guys who can do the real damage. And I think, you know, from that point of view, I think it's a tailor-made uh, team for, for you know, for us to see the best of, of Callum McNamara. Second season, obviously enjoyed it last year. Probably felt that he should have got more game time. I, I don't think he ever let him down when, uh, when he was on the pitch. And uh, it could be a big season for him, I think. 
Yeah, definitely. And Jason, I know that we've discussed on many occasions our disappointment at players leaving the Artricity League to go to, to junior football, you know, and, and maybe they stop, step down when, when they didn't need to make it or, I suppose, on the pitch didn't need to make it. We don't know the reasons behind it afterwards. But just to, to go off topic a bit, I suppose it was it was very uh, refreshing to see how enthusiastic Jack Arrow was, a player we didn't mention in the the striking department. Uh, he was so uh, proud to to join 3D United and, and that was refreshing in itself, I thought. Oh, definitely, Adrian, you know, and, and look, I, I heard a couple of the fans saying it at, at the Waterford game that it meant a lot to them, so they'll be behind Jack right from the beginning. Um, I've come into contact with Jack a couple of times over the last year or two. He was on a couple of, of our coaching courses in the FEI, um, and I watched him play my regional as well on, on a couple of occasions. His attitude is absolutely fantastic. He won't be found wanting in, in the, the work rate department, Adrian, but it is a massive step up. We know that. Um, and I suppose, look, it's how fit care and handling can be, how effective in the current can be. And uh, will Jack take his chances when they come along off the bench? You know, we saw Matt McEvitt last year had a big impact off the bench in, in games for Tracy, you know, and, and possibly Jack can do the same this year. But you quite rightly say his attitude seems first class and, and you love to see a lad like that getting a break. Yeah, it'll certainly be the hope anyway for, for this season. And Matt McEvitt-esque type impact would be uh, brilliant for 3D United and, and the whole squad. Another piece of good news, I suppose, for the league as a whole, Noel, was the fact that the LOI TV streaming service will remain in service for the, the new season, despite the fact that we are back to, to full attendances. And, and I suppose that was the fear, is that this service wouldn't be available. It's still a very valuable service, Noel, for supporters will say well, obviously there's a lot of long arduous trips in the electricity league you know up the country in particular and maybe people you know working late who can't get to home games as well so there is a demand for it i feel so you know it is a, a big boost for the league i suppose that it'll be here for at least the, the short term yeah i think you hit the nail on the head there when you mentioned the word demand because that's what it's all about i'm sure there is something in it for it's obviously paying for itself and maybe leaving um a few quid is something that the you know it's it's a kind of a an important bank of stuff to have all all the the highlights all the goals all the chances in 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 all the games, um I think the they're talking about an improved kind of a camera work if you like as well which would be great, and even for the likes of ourselves I certainly enjoyed you know the fact that if 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 we were watching the game on a Friday night that you know and and Cove were playing the following night, it, it, it gave us a chance to see the likes of Cove, but also the team that they were playing against if if, if Treaty were due to play them in the, in, in, in the next week or two. So, look, there is an appetite there. Um, you know, there is a lot of football to be seen on mainstream TV and things like that. And, look, there's an endless appetite for it. And, you know, the more cameras that are at, you know, the, the artistic league games will end the better for us all because, you know, we all like to have a look, even if it's only highlight pa highlights packets or to see a few goals or chances. And uh, it's always nice to see them, you know, just to keep up to date about what's happening um, all around the country. Yeah, certainly. And the coverage is improving all the time. I noticed actually today at the picture of the league launch uh, that Jack Brady was kitted out in, in outfield gear for 3D United. And, and I hope that's as, as far as it goes for the season because we with all due respect to Jack, I know it could be in trouble if Jack is in is in uh, outfield gear later on in the, the campaign. But uh, I suppose to focus our attention now 
onto the junior side of it, Jason. There's also a massive weekend. I suppose some of it will be weather pending uh, with, with pitches, considering a lot of them had matches on them last weekend as well. But we've got three very important games in the FAI Junior Cup. You have the holders, Fairview Rangers, hosting Clonmel on Saturday evening. Before that, you actually have a, a really tough trip for regional, probably the toughest on paper going to Athen Roy, who lost in the semi-final Fairview in 2020, and also our second in the Galway uh, Junior Premier Division as well, and, and flying quite high. And then you have Pike uh, going to Athoy uh, to play Athoy FC. I suppose it's going to be hard for you to run the rule over three games, uh, Jason, but what would you expect to happen in terms of predictions? Do you think that all three Limerick sides can come out of it or will it be uh, almost too difficult or impossible for that to happen? Well, the Athenroy regional one is, is Mount Water and Adrian. You mentioned there, Athenroy flying high in the Galway League. They've actually three games in hand over Merview and if they win them games, then they go clear at the top. They're very, very well organised. Uh, they've dangers all over the, all over the park. They've Kyle Fahey, a real target man. He's their main goal getter. Um, you'd expect him to be partnered by Colm O'Donovan. They also have Daniel Cunningham in the ranks. Daniel, as we know, twin brother of Greg Cunningham, was currently with Preston. And is obviously a real a threat from set players. So reason will have to be aware of that. They've obviously lost Jack Arra, Ed McCarthy, Evan O'Connor. So they're going to be up against it, Adrian. That's the most difficult one for me. They obviously can still rely on Kieran O'Connell and Ewan O'Brien and they have their stalwarts regional but they're away from home and they're a little bit depleted with the lads going to the League of Ireland so a prediction there at and right to progress um, Fairview obviously can't take anything for granted against Clonmel they're unbeaten actually Clonmel they're 11 league games to date two draws including one with St Michael's so as I said, can't be underestimated. Uh, Keith Brown, their captain. He's their captain and leader in chief, really. Kyle Cuddy, Craig Geary, Keith Cashman, all getting the goals recently for Mel. And he also signed Michael Quinlan from Waterford in January. So it's not going to be easy, Adrian, for Fairview. But look, as we know, Jason Purcell managed in, in Tipperary with St. Michael's only a few years ago. So he'll be very familiar with Mel. Um, and you would expect Fairview to, to progress. They are obviously favourites for the competition, with the likes of Shane Duggan and Jeffrey Judge and, and a packed junior side, really. So home advantage, you'd expect Fairview to go through. Pike, obviously, on the back of a poor result last week against Balnanti. And look, I think the big issue Pike have at the moment is finding a settled team, Adrian. You know, Robbie Williams has been chopping and changing a lot. And I don't think really that's way to go. The transfer window is closed now. He needs to find his settled team. It's fantastic to see Pat Mullins back in the starting lineup over the last couple of weeks and Pat Mullins is a real leader for Pike Grovers and he has to play Adrian in these big games. There's no doubt about it. Aaron Murphy is getting goals from but he suffered a little bit with injuries this year so you'd hope he'd be fit to play and obviously Steve McGann we know is probably too good for junior football so He's another player that Pike could be looking to to get him through against the tie, and, and you would expect him to come through that, Adrian. Yeah, I do expect Pike and Fairview to come through myself. And as you said, the, the regional game, the only solace, I suppose, region will take uh, Jason from it is that, you know, they did see the likes of Ara McCarthy go before they played Pike 
even in the last game they played them and they took them all the way and it was 1-0, you know, so there is a, a bite and a determination that we know of in, in regional as well uh, that, that can maybe forge a result there. So that, that would be good. I suppose to finish on a note with the 3D United women's team, Noel, it's not so much a question on the women's team. It's probably a question as to how tough a job one of your old adversaries, I suppose, in the League of Ireland has in, in Don O'Riordan. Uh, it was a probably a surprise appointment, to be fair, for Treaty. Quite maybe left field and that, you know, I hadn't I hadn't particularly heard Don myself, not that I'd be well read up on it, uh, since he had even left Siger Rovers back in 2004. Uh, but I know he had been with Galway and back in Ireland as well and on the women's scene. Uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, I thought it was a great appointment. I thought they needed someone experienced. Um, um, I thought they were very inexperienced last year at that level, and I think it showed. Um, they tried to play a brand of football that certainly didn't didn't suit the group, and uh, they they changed it for a while, and the results briefly picked up, and then they kind of you know reverted back to type, and uh, you know that that league you know is is of a very high standard now. Um, I saw some of the games. Obviously, I'd, I'd be familiar, you know, with the Wexford from from years ago as well. You have Shelburne, Piedmont, Sligo Rovers are in it now. Very, very difficult league. You know, it's a, it's growing from strength to strength every year. And to get someone in as experienced as Don O'Reardon, uh, I think he'd probably be a bit more reassuring in that. He's very canny in terms of tactics and 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 what he'll want, and uh, he'll have a good way about him. And I suppose there really isn't any any pressure under him because they you know they they were so poor last year that you'd like to think that the only way is up and I, I'm sure that you know that the results will certainly improve but every every game there not just like the men's team will be a massive battle for them I think and and the points will will still be fairly hard to come by. Yeah certainly and I know Don has his uh, work cut out considering as well the news last night that promising young player Jenna Slattery, Irish international, left to go to Galway and obviously uh, Gillian Keenan as well, another attacking threat had went to Athlone. Um, my thanks once again, that's a wrap for us, but my thanks once again wholeheartedly to Jason and Noel for their insight uh, this evening ahead of the new Electricity League season. Uh, we have a packed show next week as well, which we hope you can join us for as we, the, I suppose, the big boy stuff starts, if you want to call it that, where we predict the, the games for next week, I suppose, on the opening day with obviously a focus on Treaty United travelling to Wexford. And the big build-up will continue with our league predictions uh, for the new season. I noticed I, in particular, was horribly wrong on, on all fronts last year in, in the first division. And as well as that, we hope maybe to discuss the, the players abroad outside of Limerick that are Limerick natives that are trying their trade in the Premier Division, it's it's thankfully, uh, we can say, for, for the new season. So we will have a packed show and we hope you can join us uh, for that. And thanks once again for joining us this week.